and uh, praise God. We're, uh, we're so happy for what God is doing. Not only here, you got that video about ready too. Not only are, is uh, what God's doing here locally, around the state, in some other states through Fresh Start, but uh, for our guests, we want you to know also that the River of Life Church, uh, where your sons and daughters have been participating in Fresh Start, uh, praise God, we also reach about 16 nations now, and we travel and we share a word. Uh, we call it the Go Deep Grace Conference. We have an international network of pastors from these nations, and uh, we share into their lives. And just recently, we started a uh, TV program on TV39. So our, I want to tell our local, um, our local church here, I haven't announced this yet, but we're on Channel 39 that reaches North Louisiana and some of Arkansas, Mississippi, and it's going to be on three times a week. And this is our little intro. If you want to cut the lights down, they're going to play our intro for it for the TV show. Welcome. It's time to go deep into the truth of New Covenant grace with Pastor David Phillips from the River of Life Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Pastor David and his team lead Go Deep Grace conferences for pastors and leaders in many nations around the world. Now, our precious brothers and sisters, together, let's dive deep into the revelation of Jesus and the grace and truth of the New Covenant. Here's Pastor David. Hallelujah. Amen. So, if you want to just jot these times down, if you get a chance to watch uh, that station, again, TV 39, it's on DISH and it's on local TV and Comcast and things, but it's uh, Friday mornings at 7 a.m., Saturday afternoons, the same show will come on again, it's at 1.30 p.m., and then we have a, a broadcast time at 11 o'clock on Monday evenings. So we want to share this word of New Covenant Grace with as many, uh, possibly, as we can reach. And also, uh, we've also developed a new website for our pastors and leaders we're connected to. And you can go there at GoDeepGrace, real simple, GoDeepGrace.org. And there, some of the messages we teach pastors are also on there. And we'll have some of our TV series there as well. So families, a fresh start, and uh, you've come for the baptism. Hey, we want to plug you in to uh, some of the things we teach and preach and have been for your sons and daughters for these seven months. And you can share that and look at that as well. Praise the Lord. Before I start preaching, just how many, any LSU fans we have in here today? Okay, we got a little, anybody give a, a hooray for uh, Joe Burrow and the Heisman Trophy? Did I, did I hear he win? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's something, you know, and uh, I heard that we haven't had a Heisman Trophy winner since Billy Cannon uh, way back in the 50s. And I just share a little personal word there. My, my father grew up in, in downtown New Orleans and went to an all-boys school called Warren Easton, and he was an all-American baseball football, and he played against Billy Cannon. And uh, praise God, they beat Billy Cannon's team, Amen. <laughs> He was a left tailback, and uh, they won the state championship that year. And uh, eventually, their team got a special treat, and they traveled, even back in the 50s, traveled to, to uh, Florida, and they played a, a game at Seabreeze High School in Daytona Beach. Well, I know that because years later, I was playing a soccer match at Seabreeze High School in Daytona Beach, and my father was looking around and saying, hey, I, I played football here. 
Matter of fact, he showed me, hey, I scored uh, on a 21 trap from 18 yards out. So praise the Lord. And uh, I just say that as, a, as just a personal testimony because what it reminded me, you know, my father from there went on to the Marines and he became a drill instructor in the Marines. So I grew up as a kid with a drill instructor father, you know. But uh, praise God, it was good news. He, uh, he was raised in Catholicism but really came to know Christ in a deeper way after he moved to, and raised us in Florida and began to attend some more non-denominational type churches preaching and teaching this new covenant grace. Well, uh, the greatest thing is uh, it impacted his life so much that it impacted all of us. So um, with a family of 10 children, all my brothers and sisters came to know Jesus Christ um, and a lot of it based on through my father's faith in the Word of God. So I love to see these families, you know, participating with their children, leading them to Christ. And Brian, you know, seeing you baptize your own family and Brother Raymond to see those families. And uh, Sister Lisa, what you're having to impart in those nieces you've taken into your home is a, an amazing thing. And uh, so fresh start, and we want to see... Uh, the life that you have in Christ Jesus overflow so evident to the people around you where your children can see the difference in your life and want to know about it. And you can, the, the best way for people to come to Christ is not for them to go astray for 30 years, you know, and have to go to rehab and get saved when they're older. Okay, that's good. And we celebrate it. But there's a better way. You can train up your child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Okay? Amen? Amen? So, praise God. Whatever mistakes and things in the past, I'm so thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from everything and gives us a fresh start on a brand new life in Christ. But now we can take that and we can live it and share it with our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones, and especially our children. You can lead your own children to Christ. You don't have to bring them to the pastor to do it. You know the word. You know the story. You know the, the, the gospel. You can share with them. And it goes a lot better when you're sharing with them something that's real because they see you living it. Amen? Hallelujah. So, and, and you know, so during this Christmas season, we've been doing a, a uh, Christmas series here, and we're going to continue in that. And I just want to say it's good to have some Christmas traditions in your home and family. You know, next week we'll be having our Christmas service and we'll have the live nativity scene and with the children participating in that. But also, we like to as a tradition in our home and family, and I'll just share this with you because maybe God will spur some ideas. Maybe many of you already have some family Christmas traditions you do. Well, one thing we do is whatever night we decide to open gifts at our home. This is after we've been to maybe nanny's house or aunt's house or someone's home. But when we're going to do this in our own home with our own children and now with our children and grandchildren, praise the Lord, uh, as we sit around the tree about to pass out gifts and open, before we do, they all know that we're going to do something first. And uh, bring the Bible, the family Bible out, and we open that up. 
and we read the Christmas story together. I used to read it to them when they were children. And then as they got older, we let one of our children begin to read the first paragraph and then the next one and the next one. So we'll read from Luke chapter 2 and read the Christmas story, pray together, and make sure all of our children understand the reason for this season. Amen? And make sure that we put that first. So after we read the story and we pray and we thank God for sending Jesus Christ, then we begin to open our presence. Well, that's one way to do things. I'm just giving you an example. But it is important for each family in every holiday we celebrate that we put Jesus first. And then we overflow that and put first, Jesus first in every day that we live. I'm just telling you, praise God, I believe the best way to impact your children and your children's children is for you to honor Christ in your life. Amen. And honor Christ uh, in this season as well. Praise the Lord. Amen. In continuing with our Christmas series, today I want to talk about the title of the message is going to be Good News of Great Joy. Open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I found something interesting this week that really I've never heard or preached before. Um, sometimes I like to take a Mondays off, being very busy during the week with um, many in the congregation, many different counseling sessions, marriage counseling, all the things we do, uh, the Fresh Start Ministry. I do chapels Tuesdays, Thursdays, and ministering to folks that have different needs throughout the community. I like to clear my mind on a Monday and uh, praise the Lord, but sometimes I'm able to use that time, which is I really can study and and receive from the Lord myself away from the church when I'm not so busy with so many coming in and out. And uh, just this week, I was watching a program. I love Christian TV. I have some of my favorite teachers I love to watch. And I was, I was watching a, a preacher named Rick Renner, and he was sharing a word, and I'm a, uh, showed me something, and I, I went to look it up and begin to read about it this week. And I'll get to share that with you today as well. It makes the story goes a little deeper. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Point to your neighbor, touch your neighbor and say, hey, good news of great joy. There you go. They're bringing good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, swaddling cloths, and lying in a manger. Okay. And uh, in preaching this story for many years, you know, in that word swaddling cloths that they were wrapped in, we know um, it's been proven women like to wrap their babies up in that trifold blanket there, get them real tight like the womb, you know, so they feel secure. But then also there was more to it than that. First of all, 
Praise God. Uh, the teaching that I'm just now discovering, I love how you can, this word goes deeper and deeper. It's always an unfolding revelation. And the theme from the very beginning all the way through about the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All through the Old Testament, we know the sacrificial lamb was there to cover the sins of Israel. We know that they had to um, sacrifice the lamb and place, place the, love, the lamb's blood on the doorpost in the book of Exodus when death passed over. We know that in the law of Moses, they had to bring a spotless sacrificial lamb uh, to the tabernacle and to the temple in Jerusalem and be able to sacrifice that not only for the sins of their family for the year, but then on the Day of Atonement for the sins of all of Israel. So all through there's that you know, symbolism, symbolic of, of going through in the Old Testament that they physically did, but again, everything in the Old Covenant is Jesus concealed and the New Covenant is Jesus revealed. So all of that sacrificial system was really all about Jesus who is coming. So here, um, what I just learned this week sharing with you is that it could have been more to it than just your average shepherd out in the field. Many believe, and it's written, um, that these were a special um, shepherds, that was the Levitical shepherds, who were raising a special flock. And this flock gave birth to these lambs that they were kept, um, trying to be kept spotless and without blemish to be used in the sacrificial system that would be taken to the temple. So as the lambs were born in this certain place where those, that flock would be brought in for their lambs to be born because it was a special group to be used for sacrifice, they were born in this cave in Bethlehem for that flock in that area. And when those little lambs were born, they would immediately, with you know, all of the different possibilities that could attack a, a newborn lamb and whatever germs or whatever bugs or whatever, they would take these strips of cloth, strips of linen, and wrap their legs and their little bodies around in these strips of, and they called it swaddling cloths. And then here Jesus Christ, the, shepherd, the, the angels came to not just any shepherds, but shepherds who were in charge of the flock that was going to be bearing the lambs that would be sacrificed the next year. So they knew that in their cave where they would bring their flock for their lambs to be born, they were special and they were wrapped in these special cloths to keep them and protect them from anything getting infected or anything bothering them or biting them that would cause a blemish in their bodies. So now the shepherds are watching this Levitical um, special chosen flock of sheep on the hills and here the angels come to, him, come to them and say today in the town of David in Bethlehem, there's going to be born the Savior and you'll find the child wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. So we see a little, a little more special. Uh, I, the, the, the more we dig into the word, the more clear it becomes in all of the Old Testament types and shadow that Jesus was born to be the Lamb of God 
who takes away the sin of the world. So in that cave, and it was more a stone cave than what we know, think of it today, and it was special. So those shepherds knew exactly when they went to Bethlehem where to go. They were going to their own cave where they gave, had birth for their special flock. And there the baby was, and they had plenty of that linen lying around for Mary to use to wrap her baby in this same uh, cloth that would protect him and keep him and wrap him close. And praise the Lord, and that's where we get the term swaddling cloths, because there was born the Lamb of God, who's going to take away the sin of the world. And once this lamb was sacrificed, there is no need for any more sacrifice. There is no need for any more lambs to be sacrificed. Praise the Lord. He's the lamb who was sacrificed once and born for this reason, come into the world. Praise the Lord. So there were shepherds living out in the field, keeping their watch. Could you imagine the angel coming to them in the bright light of the angel? They were terrified. He said, fear not, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all people. Good news of great joy. You know, uh, I want you to go with me somewhere now uh, before we get into the next part. But hold your spot in Luke 2 and go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 11, 11 through 13. Ephesians 2. Verse 11. Paul is writing his deeply spiritual book. And he says in chapter 2, verse 11, Therefore, remember the form, that formerly you were Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body with the hands of men. Verse 12, Remember that at times past you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in this world. He's writing and he's telling the Gentiles at Ephesus, and he's reminding us before we came to Christ who we were. And he's telling them that they weren't part of the heritage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They weren't part of the bloodline from Abraham. And only the people chosen by God, Abraham and his descendants at that time in the Old Covenant, were God's chosen people. The rest, it says, were foreigners and aliens to the covenants, without hope and without God. But praise the Lord, the good news is, God so loved the world, his plan all along was to open up salvation and relationship with him for the whole world. Amen? But in the Old Covenant, I want you to know and realize the focus there was on Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, his 12 sons and their descendants, the tribes of Israel, were God's chosen people out of the world to be different, separate, holy, a different set of laws, a different way of thinking, a different way of doing things. But God was through this nation to reveal himself one day to the whole world. Well, praise the Lord. So at that time, at that time, we were separated from God, separated and not his chosen people. 
You know, most folks have the false idea that we're all children of God. Well, it's simply not true. It's simply not true. Thinking along those lines, hold your spot there and go with me to Matthew, Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13. In verse 38. And are y'all putting these on the screen as well? Is that back screen lit up? Matthew 13 and verse 38. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. Jesus is finishing up his, you know, parable of the sower, sowing the seed. So the good seed, praise God. The field is the world, the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. So there are wheat and tares. There are sons of the kingdom and sons of the devil. Again, just a few verses to back that up. Go with me now to John chapter 8. John 8 and verse 44. And some of you Bible scholars, if you've taken notes on this, you can have it and go back to it. John 8. Okay. And verse 44. He's, Jesus is speaking to some of the religious people of the day. And he says this to them. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. And there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But I tell, yet I tell you the truth, and you do not believe me. Okay? So he's speaking, he says, hey, you can't receive and aren't willing to believe. You're rejecting truth because you're not of the right spirit. You're not of God. You're of your father, the devil. So it's very clear. Acts 13 and verse 10 says it this way. We can flip there. Acts 13, 10. Here, Paul is speaking to someone full of the devil. He says, you are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You were full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? Gosh, that's a mouthful right there. He says, you are a, a, the child of the devil, full of deceit. The father devil, if that's your father, is the father of lies, full of deceit and trickery. Always about perverting the things of God. Folks, we live in a world that is like that today. We live in a world with governments and whole systems that are not children of the king, children of uh, God, children of the kingdom, but children of the devil, and they pervert the truth, and, and we live in that fallen world today. And then again, 1 John 3.10, if you would go there as well. 1 John chapter 3. In verse, verse 10, praise the Lord. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. So I think I've made my point clear enough with just a few verses. 
that not everybody in the world is born in the world is a child of God. They're a creation of God, and God loves them and wants them to become a child of God. But there's only one way to become a child of God. It's not just by being born in the world. When you're born in the world, you're of the world. It's when you recognize your need, recognize your sinfulness, believe in the message, the good news of great joy that the angels were bringing and saying, I'm bringing good news of great joy for all people. I'm opening up the way of salvation for anyone who believes in the truth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, can be saved. And then when you believe it, praise the Lord, you recognize what he did on the cross and you die with him. And as we demonstrated today, you're buried with him in baptism and you're dead to yourself in the old ways. And you arise a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now you're born of the father and you're born from above. While we're in this world, there's wheat and there's tares. There's children of the devil and children of God. We have to understand that because the world wants to teach that every religion is equal and everybody's a child of God. It's not true. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Only through him can we become born of God and in the family of God. Now, God loves the world and we do too. And we want everyone to come to know him, but they simply won't. Many die, go to hell every day, and it's against his will. He wants everyone to receive the word, be born of him, and follow him. So we established that. So now let's go back to our story, and I'll tell you why, why I'm sharing this with you. I'll go back to our story in Luke. So, praise God, Luke chapter 2. So he's saying here today... In the town of David, there's been a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. I'm bringing you good news of great joy, which now will be open for all people. Not just Israel and the 12 tribes, but now to all Gentile nations. I'm opening up salvation because today the Savior of the, war, of the world has been born. And this is going to be good news of great joy for all people. So now, praise the Lord, he opened the floodgates of heaven. He poured out his spirit. The message of Jesus Christ is going around the world. And whoever believes in him can receive him as Savior. And you can be born again a different person, a new creation of God. Until we're born again, we're not even really alive. We're walking dead. Without God, there is no real life. Their heart might be beating. There might be breathing. They might be going through the motions of life. But until you receive Christ as your Savior, there's no real life in you. It's after receiving the Christ. It becomes good news of great joy. Why? Because before this, people who don't receive God are enemies of God. Enemies. I looked up that word, enmity. It speaks of in a few times in the Old Testament and also in the New. That word enmity, a state or feeling of being actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. How many can look at the news and see in the government and see in, on different things around different countries that there are people that are opposed and actively opposed to the things of God? Do you see it? So there's enemies of God. 
they think they're just doing it out of, you know, their own, um, you know, trying to make the world a better place and, and steering people this way or that way. But without Christ and without the truth of his kingdom, they're enemies of God and promoting the things that are at enmity with God and going against him. They're children of the devil, and yet God loves them enough to send them the Savior. But you must believe and receive in him to be born again. So he says, this is going to be good news of great joy for all people. And then it goes on to say this. Let's look at verse 13. Suddenly there appeared a great company of heavenly hosts saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, I want to explain this just a little before we close. Okay? The angels are announcing Glory to God. You know, these angels, all of a sudden, the whole heavens split open. And those shepherds could see the heavenly host of angels all proclaiming glory to God. And they're saying, now, peace and goodwill toward men on whom God's favor rests. Before that, God's judgment rested on mankind in a lot of ways when they were against him and breaking his law. The penalty for that was death and separation for him. But now God's sending the Savior and there's the war is over, praise the Lord. Jesus Christ won the victory and he's opened up salvation for us all to be reconciled in right relationship with God. We were enemies with God but now the good news is Jesus has come and opened a way for us to be reconciled or restored into right relationship with God. This is good news of great joy for all people. Now, when he said peace to men, he wasn't saying that this baby has come to immediately bring, bring peace on earth. Let that soak in for just a minute. He didn't bring automatically peace on earth. He brought peace between God and man by paying for the sins of the world that whoever believes can be reconciled to God. But whoever doesn't believe still carry all the trouble of the enemy in their heart and they're leading governments and leading nations and leading families and leading drug cultures and leading problems and leading sin and it's not bringing about peace on earth there's still a lot of hell on earth there's still a lot of problems on earth matter of fact Jesus said to make it more clear I haven't come to bring peace but a sword and I'm gonna divide a father with his son and a mother with a daughter and a nation against a nation because of me so he said because of me and a few times it says in the New Covenant when you're reading, and it says the people were divided because of him. That's interesting. So when he says glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men, he's talking about now there can be peace between you and God because your sin is now paid for and you can be right with God. And when you're right with God, and you've been forgiven, and I've been forgiven, you and I can have peace, brother. I'm not mad at you for whatever you did in your past. I'm not holding it against you. We love you, and the love overflowed. Now you can be my brother, and we can have peace. But you won't have peace with the enemies of God who are not born again, because they're still of their father, the devil. 
We will love them. We will reach out to them. But there's still division in the world. And what I'm here to say, praise God, Jesus Christ is going to bring peace to the whole thing one day. But it's not until the enemies of God are removed forever. That's some serious stuff, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Well, this is the, uh, the rest of the Christmas story. Okay? See, we're living between the two greatest events in the history of the world. The birth of the Savior, when He's opened up salvation for all. Okay, good news of great joys for all. But for those who reject Him, He's coming again. And when He comes again, He's not coming to save the world, but to judge the world. That return is getting closer. His return is getting closer. I encourage each and every one of you here, and those guests, wherever you're going back, to get in a Bible-believing, Spirit-led church that's teaching the truth. I'm encouraging you to be born again. You were in the world. It's not good enough to clean yourself up and make yourself a better, better person. You must recognize that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and we need to die and be born again from above by believing in Christ. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen there? Amen. So this is the good news of great joy. When Jesus returns, there's going to be a final judgment. Those who have rejected Him will be in one place, and those who have received Him will get to enjoy peace on a new heaven and new earth forever. So He is going to bring peace to the whole earth forever. But right now, there's division and there's a world divided. I want to strengthen the Christians to recognize the division is going to continue to grow more stark and a little tougher. And you're going to have to stand strong and be rooted and grounded, solid in your faith, because this world is going to shake and the shaking's coming more and more. Right. Teach your families now. Yeah. Don't just teach them about Santa Claus. Teach them about Christ. Hallelujah. Teach them the Word of God. Let them see you following Christ so they'll follow you. They're going to listen to more of what you do than what you say. If you send them to church, they're not going to follow it. But if you take them to church because it means something to you, it'll mean something to them. Hallelujah. Father, I pray and believe for each of these that graduated today, Lord, that they won't stop here. They'll go home wherever they're going and they'll get in a Bible-believing, Spirit-led church and they'll be following you so much that their sons and daughters can see it, that it's alive in them. I pray for families who have visited, if they're not in church or not right with you, God, that today, by the message of Christ, that they will go home, think about it, that they'll find themselves a Bible-believing church and get involved. Lord God, I pray for every home and family that this Christmas season, Lord, will make sure that our children know it's all about you.